Pastor Lisa, all right? And I call you by name, you naturally feel like, uh, like I have a much more personal interest in you. Now, notice, notice and think about the concepts in verse one. I want you to think about these words. Created, formed, redeemed, summoned by name, you are mine. Think about the, those words. They all suggest to me that the Lord was saying to them and to you and me, when you and I go through trials, remember the Lord has a personal interest in you. During the difficult times in life, the hard times as individuals, as families, as a nation, you might be inclined to say, Lord, do you, do you, does anybody really care about my captivity? Does anyone really care about my problem? Anyone really care about my pain? Does anyone care about, about my, my poor health or my lack of a job? Does anyone really care about my marital problem, my family death, my family issues? Does anyone care about my, my difficulties at work, my loneliness, my fear, my fear of terrorism? Does anyone care about my heartbreak? And the Lord says, he says to you and me, what? He says, I created you. I formed you. I redeemed you. I've summoned you by name. You are mine. I have a personal stake in you. Amen? I have a personal interest in you. So let's remember, when you go through trials, remember the Lord has a personal interest, a personal stake in you. There's a second, there's a second truth that helps me, and I, I'm sure what will help you as we focus on it. And it is this. Number two, read it from the big screen with me. When you go through trials, okay, we're still on the first one there. Okay, here's the second truth. When you go through trials, remember the Lord is with you. Amen? And this truth is beautifully communicated to you and me, and me in, in, in verse two. Let's, uh, let's read it from the big screen together. Verse two. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. No doubt, some of you know, or most of you know, that waters and rivers, fires, are all symbols of danger. Fire and, and water are often used in the Bible to denote calamity. A verse in Psalms, uh, Psalm 66, verse 12, for example, says, we went through fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. 
We went through fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. My friends, the good news is, the good news is, in verse 2, the Lord says, when you pass through the trials, I will be with you. One of the most difficult things in life is to feel like when your times are tough, one of the most difficult things is for you to feel like you're all alone. Isn't that true? Right? There is something devastating about feeling like no one cares, feeling all alone. Whether you are, you are a layperson or a pastor or who, whoever we might be. The good news is the Lord says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. That's the good news. You know, when we were planning, when we were planning and building this church facility, we went through many, many hardships, many trials, which most of you don't know anything about. It wasn't that we were hiding anything from anybody, but the simple fact is most of you wouldn't know most of the headaches and heartaches that we went through building this, this lovely church facility. And one of the main, one of the main reasons I personally was able to persevere as a pastor and leader through the trials was because I knew, I knew the Lord was with us and that he had a personal interest in our building project because ultimately it was for his honor and his glory. Amen? When I was diagnosed with a particular form of cancer some years ago, I had peace. I had peace because I knew the Lord was with me and I knew that he had a personal interest in Pastor Nick Stavropoulos. Amen? When our young adult son Jeremy had to have major open heart surgery, my wife and I were at peace because we knew the Lord was with Jeremy, with us, and we knew that the Lord had a personal interest in our son, Jeremy. You know what I'm talking about. And please remember, remember, if you are a child of the King, through faith and trust in Jesus Christ, when you go through trials, he, the Lord, is with you. And he has a personal interest in what's going on in your life. You are not alone. You are not alone. There's a third truth I want to draw your attention to, and it is this. <clears throat> Number three. When you go through trials, remember the Lord has the authority to bring about a brighter future for you. Now this truth evolves out of verses three, four, five, six, and seven. Let's, uh, let's focus on them. The first part, <clears throat> the first part of verse three says, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, your Savior. As their Savior, the Lord could be depended upon 
to deliver them from every extremity, from every situation. As our Savior, you and I can depend upon the Lord to help and deliver us from our extremities, from our tough times, from our trials and tribulations, because we're a child of his. Look, look at the next half of verse 3, which says, I, I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. All right. Most of you know where Egypt is, of course. Cush, you're not familiar with. Cush, C-U-S-H, was, at that time, was the area of Ethiopia. And Seba, S-E-B-A, was another part of Africa at that time in history. Egypt, Ethiopia, and Seba are all that was known of Africa in, in those days. So what's he saying? What's he saying? The Lord is saying this. He is saying he is willing to sacrifice a continent to rescue his people. He is willing to sacrifice a continent to rescue his people. The Lord is saying, I'm willing to pay a very high price to bring about a brighter future for you. Now, now whether, whether the Lord meant this literally or whether it was his way of simply getting the point across, there's really no way of us knowing. Sometimes hyperboles are used to get a, a point across. Nevertheless, nevertheless, think about it. He was saying to these people in their day, and he says to you and me, he says, he is willing to pay a very high price to bring about a brighter future for us. And you and I might ask, well, how come? How come he's willing to do that? How come the Lord was willing to do that for them and for us? Well, the next verse, verse 4, tells us why. Where it says, Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life for your life. Wow. I love you, he says, because I love you. Uh, that's the New International Version translation. The New Living Translation says, because you are precious to me, you are honored, and I love you. My friends, the totally unmerited favors that the Lord is willing to bestow upon his people are traced down, are traced down to their deepest root, and that is the love of God. The love of God. He says in verse 4, you are precious, you are honored in my sight, and he says, I love you. And Isaiah is not is not, uh, only, is not the only one who proclaims this remarkable love that God has for us. The, the prophets Hosea and Jeremiah speak of this love. 
The Apostle John marveled in that love, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And then in 1 John 4, verse 9, we read, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. The Lord declared his love through Isaiah the prophet. And hundreds of years, hundreds of years later, the Lord demonstrated his ultimate love for you and me by giving his son, his son Jesus, to be crucified for our sins so that we can have eternal life. So we can have an eternal, brighter future. Let's go, let's go back to our passage of Scripture in verse 4. Verse 4. Be encouraged today as you absorb the, the precious truth in, in verse 4, which says, which says uh, in the second half there, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. And then uh, move, move to verse, verses 5 and 6. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I, I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Bring them from the ends of the earth. Now, some of you are maybe wondering, why, why, why is it in these verses the Lord is saying to them, I'll, I'll bring you from the east, and I'll bring you from the west, and I'll bring you from the north, and from the south? You, you might be thinking that most of them would be returning to Israel from the northeast, from Assyria, and the future Babylon. Why does he refer to the east, west, north, south, and here's probably why. One of the main times when the Jews were taken captive was by Assyria and later by Babylon. But archaeologists and historians have found that there were many other smaller, smaller cases of deportation of captives, captives of war from Israel into many other locations, into many other lands surrounding Israel. There's a sense in which the Lord was saying to the Jews, there's a sense in which the Lord was saying to, to, to the Jews held captive, he's saying, I'm not only going to bring about a brighter future for you alone, but also to those, to those who have been prisoners and who have been suffering in any direction, whether it's in the east, the west, the north, the south. And the Lord is saying, I have, I have the authority and the power to set you free and bring about a brighter future for you. That's what he's saying. I have the authority, I have the power to set you free and bring about a brighter future for you. For whom, for whom is this promise? Verse 7 tells us, verse 7 tells us, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. 
That's who that promise is for. Who is called by his name today? You who call yourselves a Christian. You who call yourselves a Christ follower. And what, what does it mean in verse 7 when it says, when I created, whom I created for my glory, whom I found, whom I formed and made? What does it mean? It means this promise is for those who, who seek to glorify the Lord, those who seek to please and to honor the Lord. That's what, that's what it's saying. The Lord is saying, I have the authority and I have the power to set you free and bring about a brighter, brighter future for you. So my dear friends, I want you to, I want you to feel free to smile. Because whatever you might be going through that is some kind of a trial, remember, the Lord has the authority, I should have added in there, and the power to bring about a brighter future for you. There's that Beautiful song we sometimes sing. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. You and I can face tomorrow because of the Lord's authority and power to bring about a brighter future. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we give you thanks and praise today because when we go through trials, we have the privilege of remembering that you have a personal interest in us. We have the opportunity to remember that the Lord is with us and we are able to recall that you have the authority and power to bring about a brighter future for us. Dear Lord, there's some precious people in this sanctuary here at Rosewood Church. There's some dear folks listening by radio and on the internet who need to know today that you have a personal interest in what's going on in their lives, you have not abandoned them just as you had not abandoned the people of Israel. There's some folks here, dear Lord, that need to be reminded that you are with them and that you have authority and power to bring about a brighter future. Touch each heart in accordance with their need. Lift up their burden. And remind them, remind them of your gracious and beautiful love, your love that motivates you, 
that inspires you to do all that you do for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, my friends, there you are. There you are on the big screen. Three ways by which you and I can be helped through the various trials. May you grab a hold. May you grab a hold of each truth and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your personal interest, for your presence, and for your authority and power to bring about a brighter future. As we sing this uh, closing song today, if you wish to find a place of prayer, kneeling or standing around this altar, you come, you come. Perhaps you, you need to call upon the Lord to give you the assurance that he is indeed with you, that he has this personal interest in what's happening in your life, and that the future is going to be brighter because of him, because of his power, his grace, his mercy, his love for you. Amen? Let's stand. Let's stand. Come as you wish. Come as you wish. And if as yet you have not said, Lord,